Now, Section 530 of the Revenue Act, which people frankly aren't aware of, has been a relief provision for many years. So that if you do have a client who has a issue of uh, whether the taxpayer's uh, worker is a employee or not, uh, you can apply for Section 530 relief. That could be done at the audit level or it could be done uh, at appeals. And 530 provides retroactive and prospective relief from employment taxes for employers who misclassify their workers. Okay, so it's a pretty wide uh, basis upon which to, uh, to get relief. Uh, the criteria are, is um, uh, maybe not all that easy to satisfy. Number one, uh, you have to show that the taxpayer did not treat the individual as an employee for any period and does not treat any other individual doing the same job as an employee for, uh, uh, for any period known as the substantive consistency requirement. And so if you have, um, like in my quickie example that I give the class, I have the owner and the, and the uh, uh, staff inside the, the, the office staff, if you will, as employees and the people who are delivering goods as, as uh, workers, okay? And the question is, what is their status? and everyone who is a worker is doing the same thing, okay? And that's because you need to satisfy the substantive consistency requirement test. Then the taxpayer also has to have a reasonable basis for treating the worker as an employee. Now that is really the tough part because you just can't, can't simply say, well, they're an independent uh, uh, worker because you have to be able to demonstrate that there is judicial precedence particularly with respect to that activity, or a past IRS audit that you sustained and had the uh, worker treated as, a, uh, as an independent contractor, or a long-standing practice of a significant segment of the relevant industry. Okay, now what that means is, in my, in my example, I have, a, you know, I, I have an article or I have a, uh, a survey of, in this case, truckers showing you know, a basis upon which to, uh, in the industry on, on which uh, uh, these individuals can be treated as independent contractors. So you have to be able to have a reasonable basis, and typically that's where you're going to get tri tripped up. If the employer simply decides they're independent contractors without any investigation, without any basis, they're not going to be qualified for 530 relief. So that the critical point is um, having that reasonable basis. Uh, and um, for uh, post-1978, uh, taxpayers are, would be required to have filed a consistently that they've treated that employee as a non that individual as a non-employee, known as the reporting consistency requirement test. So 530 relief is is uh, is available, but again, it's a kind of a high bar to uh, pass. Uh, we, the IRS currently has had uh, a worker classification settlement program uh, ongoing, and that has to do with um, uh, where the taxpayer may not have uh, 530, be able to demonstrate 530 relief, and they are under audit. Okay, so your client is under audit. The issue has been raised: are these worker, are these workers independent contractors or employees? And you're and you're trying to resolve it. Uh, at the audit level. Okay, the first uh, point is that 
uh, it, the uh, taxpayer may has to determine whether 530 relief is potentially possible, uh, but that uh, he can't meet the uh, requirements of 530. So there's two there's two uh, types of uh, settlements that can be achieved by the uh, by the uh, employer. If the uh, uh, service recipient meets the reporting consistency, meaning you've reported this individual or these individual workers as independent contractors, but you can't meet the reasonable basis requirement because there's no judicial precedent, there's no industry standard, there's no prior audit, or you can't meet the reporting consistency because you've treated other employees differently, nevertheless, the service will settle with you. Uh, and the offer, however, uh, you might feel that maybe it's not generous enough, but the offer is that uh, there'll be a full employment assessment for the employment tax uh, for one tax year with the agreement that you will reclassify the employee as, a, as an, that the worker as an employee on a prospective basis. So the uh, open arms, and I see some skepticism in the audience there, but uh, uh, if you can't meet the 530 test and you get caught, uh, you can settle on a uh, prospective basis, but you've got to pay the tax for one year. Uh, the, uh, if, the, if you can meet the, either the reporting requirement consistency or reasonably argue that there's a reasonable basis, uh, then the offer, then, then you only have to pay 25% of the employment tax but again, you have to reclassify your, your uh, worker as an employee. So, th so there is a uh, step-down relief as well. Uh, additionally, if you do reclassify under, the, uh, under this uh, regime, no interest will be due on the additional liability. So you avoid uh, substantial, uh, substantial uh, penalties by not having to pay the interest. Now, the IRS uh, recently announced a new voluntary compliance initiative to, uh, again, it's the kinder, gentler IRS. They want, you know, it's, uh, they, they, as I, you know, the loving uh, government that wants all of the employers to come to the family and do the right thing, okay? Uh, and so uh, they feel that providing these kinds of voluntary programs they, they can get compliance. Now, of course, as, as we've been talking uh, this morning, compliance is important. And noncompliance, of course, raises uh, a lot of pain and dollars and such. So the Voluntary Compliance Initiative, in fact, it's a, I think it's a good deal. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good deal because uh, uh, now, again, uh, one of my students, I just, I just gave this problem a couple weeks ago. And uh, I said, why didn't you consider voluntary compliance as an alternative in your analysis? And he says, well, he says, because then I'd have to treat the, uh, the worker as, a, as, a, as an employee going forward. I says, yes, you do, okay? But if you have a situation where clearly the worker is not, uh, is not an independent contractor uh, and all you're doing is playing the lottery, you know, waiting, waiting to hopefully not get caught, this is the kind of uh, program you should have your client uh, enter into. And so the IRS has decided that, you know, they need to get uh, compliance. And so, uh, and they want voluntary, as I said, voluntary compliance is a lot better than involuntary compliance. Who's eligible? Well, taxpayers who are treating their workers as independent contractors and want to prospectively correct that and treat them as workers, as workers as employees. 
Uh, it's open to businesses, exempt orgs, even governmental entities, interestingly enough. Okay? Uh, and to be eligible, you must have consistently treated the worker as a non-employee. That's probably not a problem because I'm sure the worker has been treated as a non-employee. The taxpayer must have filled out all of the 1099s for the three previous years, uh, treating the worker as, an as a non-employee, and uh, file, file Form 8952, which is the application for voluntary classification settlement program. And, uh, uh, and you must satisfy the requirement for each affected worker for the three preceding calendar years. So there's a three-year pre-application uh, pre period that the service will look at. And, uh, and you cannot be under audit. Uh, like most um, relief provisions in, in the code, if you're under audit, uh, all bets are off. But if you're not under audit, and if you're not under audit by DOL, then you are available for uh, Then you can have your uh, uh, client apply for this treatment. What is the offer? Okay, well, it's actually, it says, it's a good deal. At least for me, I think it's a good deal. Uh, you pay 10% of the employment tax liability that may have been due for the most recent tax year, uh, and you're not liable for interest or penalties. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good deal. What will happen is that um, uh, you'll not be subject to an audit. I mean, wh what it is is that you get, you get what's called uh, audit protection, as it were, so that you're not going to be subject to audit with respect to the, that issue. Uh, although you have to extend the statute of limitations, and you'll have to apply, and typically the advice is you should apply at least 60 days before the, you intend to treat the employees as, or the workers as employees. Uh, and, um, uh, and then you'll have to enter into a closing agreement with the IRS with respect to the treatment of those, uh, of those workers. Yeah.